how you hit that free throw with no jumper. Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa. Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see yeah. too often. Get the kid facing trauma, stress, depression, marijuana, 50 cents a jack, heart disease from me now carry out a sweat, blood and tears. My cousin spent five years at this McDonald's, taking classes, studying social work, and hosting fillers pockets. Scarlet fever from industrial parks, pollution gave us asthma. I can't trust the news no more 'cause they put filters on their cameras. Six men tell it straight out here. Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, one leg inside the trench. My wrist came from corporate office. Uh, here's the truth. Might above the matters. I can't let them starve. Hood preacher. I can't let my city ever fall apart. Made mistakes before. I overcome the odds and took a charge. Built a damn pile. Took my youngest. Yeah, I'm with the six man. How you hit that free throw with no jumper? Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie. Papa, Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see too often. Yeah. Yeah, we need change of perks. We always had it the worst. Those white folk policies left us cursed. We need retribution. Put ten bands inside my grandma purse. They set us back a thousand years and took our culture here as dirt. We all kings and queens, right? Just hit the six man for advice. My mind was stuck in the gutter. Spoken reason changed my life. Meditation kept us woke. Therapeutic vibes and quotes. They just killed Breonna Taylor. So it's hard to trust them folks. And I sent a prayer for, sent a prayer for. White collar crime through the stock market, mail fraud. When it came to food stamps, my brother. Never had a choice. Fast forward, he just copped a 20 acres. Yeah, I'm with the six man. How you hit that free throw with no jumper? Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa. Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see. Yeah, I'm with the six man. How you hit that free throw with no jumper? Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa. Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see too often. Yeah. You're listening to Real Talk with the Six Man. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. You tuned into Real Talk with the Six Man. I am your host, the Six Man. And it's always good to have a guest. I mean, it's always good for me to, you know, interact with those that cross my path, um, you know, in life. And this brother, um, you know, crossed my path, um, I want to say, inadvertently, meaning that, you know, I was, uh, you know, married, um, going to First Baptist Church of Glen Arden, you know, doing my thing. And, you know, I joined this class called um, Men Connected with Christ. <clears throat> and a lot of people who don't know, you know, my story, um, I would say, you know, through this divorce process, um, that that church and the leadership of Pastor Jenkins and everybody under him, you know, kind of saved my life. I mean, it was kind of brothers like Troy and, you know, other guys who, you know, came my way and just wanted to make sure I was good. I mean, I always talk about um, Minister Skip Little, man, because he was one of the dudes that would get on my ass when, it, when I needed it um, for the most part. But then I felt like, After I got to know him a little bit better, it was all in love. So um, I'm just happy tonight to have Troy on with me, man. I mean, we 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 tag team on Facebook and we chat and all that, but it's good to have him on the line tonight. So I, I want to, um, you know, kind of talk to him and see what's been going on with him. And then we're going to dive into this topic that we're going to talk about tonight. So, Troy, man, how you been, man? I'm blessed, brother. I'm blessed, man. I appreciate you. And thanks for having me on, man. It's a blessing. Uh, you, you. You kind of laid it out there, you know, we were First Baptist Brothers in MCC, 
been connected with Christ and you got to know me a little bit. I got to know you some. And we just was, you know, started chopping it up, man. And I'm just thankful to see and blessed to see that you're doing what you're doing, bro. Um, I really enjoy uh, the fact that I can see you grow and, and the way you're growing. Um, and it's just a blessing, man. I just encourage you to keep doing what you do, bro. <clears throat> oh, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's, 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 so some people think they know the story, but they don't. You know, so it's like for me to be on the phone with you, it takes me back to a time where I thought was going to hold me up, but it actually allowed me to become a better man, if that makes sense. Like the, the whole process, like even though the process was hard, it was it was rigorous. It was a process, say the least. But at the end of it, it allowed me to see my flaws, see my wrongs you know, see things that I could do better, you know, just as a man in general. And then, so when I tell people, you know, that get a divorce, I just say, listen, the, I mean, in, in my case for now, the divorce that I, that I received blessed me in a way where I didn't think it was because I was trying to force it, you know, so it'll work. But then it was like, nah, I got to let this thing go. So, I mean, you know, for me, it, 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 it helped me, it helped me grow. And, um, I think that <clears throat> just seeing, you know, the area where I grew up and just seeing everything that's going on, it got to the point where, you know, everybody say you like to talk. I'm like, but let me use that to see if I can use it for the betterment of just me liking to talk. Let me see if I can put something out there that's going to get people's attention. Let me see if I can put something out there that's going to have people go, hmm. And so for the most part, man, I've been doing this since um, 2018. And I think that <clears throat> even for me, it's like, it's somewhat like a form of therapy for me, especially in my first 60 or 70 episodes. I mean, first 30, first, first 30 or 40, I was kind of all over the place. But like between 50 and 80, I started really getting into, you know, conversations and, and topics and stuff that people really don't normally talk about. So I'm happy that, you know, I'm, I'm able to still do it. And, um, you know, people like you who, you know, just encouraging me, you know, to keep going. Yeah, brother, I mean, that's, 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 that's real talk, real talk. Like 60 to 70, 80 episodes, wow, bro, that's that's a lot of episodes. You've been putting in some work, man. And, you know, I'm going to lean on you because I'm trying to get into it myself. But uh, going back to, you know, just that whole process you just shared, man, you know, you shared a lot of stuff with me. We got to know each other. I used to, you know, be out there in the streets and, you know, just to see your growth, man, from where you came from to getting married. And even though you got divorced, going through that process and just seeing the continued growth. You know, it's not like you dropped off the cliff and you got divorced. It's like you just kept moving in a positive direction. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, marriages don't work, man. As much as we want to, you know, try to apply the principles that we learn, you know, from the Bible and from our church and from our mentors at the church, you know, sometimes divorce can be very, very hard, man. And it really takes two to tango uh, in, that, in that aspect, man, because, you know, us as men are called to be leaders, man, and we're called to take on a lot. And um, and sometimes in doing that, yeah, we make mistakes, but for the most part, man, we try to be in relationship with people, stay connected to Christ, stay, you know, be in relationship with people that'll help us stay that straight and narrow to a certain degree. We're going to stumble and fall, yeah, but, you know, you just get ourselves up, dust ourselves off, don't make a mistake again, but, you know, sometimes things just don't work out, man. I know I was talking to you trying to talk you back to it, you know, um, but, you know, you know, we chopped it up before we got on and 
that kind of gave me some information too that I was like, oh wow, okay, so I see why that went through. So, yeah. but it's a blessing though, man, because you're not out here running the streets again, and you're not doing anything crazy. Nah, doing something positive, man. Your voice is your voice. <clears throat> like you said, you're like talking, and it's, it's it's turned into like you said, the first thirty was just all over the place, and now this next sixty to eighty to ninety and beyond is more really, really reaching people, really, really getting on point with topics and really being truly, truly effective um, about your message and what you're trying to put out and, and uplifting people. Man, I see the T-shirts and the hats and all that. I'll get with you later on getting some merch, uh, but I see the T-shirts and the hats, and it's, it's a positive thing, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think I tell people a lot that, um, you know, when I first got started, <clears throat> I didn't necessarily know what I was doing, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't really know what I was doing. And so, you know, when I initially started, it was about this young young lady, um, young woman. Um, she was 10 years old. She got killed up in Northeast, up in Clay Turs, uh, Makaya Wilson. <clears throat> and then I remember recording one night, and I, I ain't going to lie, it took me like 60 takes. Like, I ain't going to lie. It was, it, I, I, soon as I stumbled, I would, I would stop, start over. As soon as I would stumble, I would stop and start over. And then it just got to the point where I I, I, I kind of stopped thinking about what I was going to say and just talked. And then once I realized I don't have to think about what I'm going to say, just let it come out as it is, as authentically as I can, <clears throat> people start like, you know, attaching themselves to that. They was like, damn, Slim, okay. I hear what you're saying. And it's like now people, you know, that remember me always have remembered me for just being myself, not trying to be anything else. I mean, even if I was right, wrong, you know, whatever, I've always just been myself. So I think that, you know, doing this has helped me, you know, to a degree to stay um, balanced, if that makes sense. Like if I'm having a bad day, and I happen to have a guest and we talking about something serious, then I can share some of my life in the topic if I have life experience in it. And I think throughout a lot of the episodes, you know, some of the stuff that we talked about, mental health, um, you know, just uh, domestic violence, a lot of little stuff that we talked about is different things that I can kind of talk about that I've experienced, whether it, it was me directly or whether it was a friend or a family member. So either way, it allows me to get stuff off my chest but then it's in a positive way and then you know some some people feel like you know they don't want to share but i don't mind because i feel like if i can share and let people into you know how i've gotten to the point where i've gotten maybe they can stop and, and look themselves in the mirror and be like damn okay so if kevin did it this way maybe i can you know what i'm saying so i think that's kind of what led me to continue to keep going it's, it's what you're saying is, is, is true, man. It's, and, you know, we talk about this all the time. We talk about this all the time in church. You know, don't hide your journey. Share your testimony. What you've been doing is basically giving your testimony when you open up and be real with people in your podcast. And it's just that, like you said, if, if Kevin can do it, I can do it. If Kevin's gone through this thing and this is where he's come out at, then I can get to this thing. That's where I come out at. You know as well as I do. That's a testimony. So yeah. That's that's awesome, bro. And, and the thing I like about the podcast is different from what we see in mainstream media is, and we're going to talk about this at some point uh, a little bit later on, is how people in the mainstream media are beholden to the dollar, whereas people mm -hmm. in podcasts, you know, you get to kind of speak really what's, your, what's on your heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you get to share a little bit more detail and give them a little, little bit more of an opinion mm -hmm. about how you feel without having to worry about 
you know, shareholders or Disney, the people at ESPN or mm-hmm. Fox or, or CNN coming down saying, you know, I mean, you're going to keep it respectful, obviously. Yeah. But, I'm going to try to. Know, <laughs> right, exactly. But you're not going to be beholden to hold your tongue or take a certain stance because somebody's telling you to take this stance. You know what I mean? Right. You got somebody whispering in your ear, your producer on your podcast or you know, whisper in your ear, you got to talk about this, or you got to talk about this, or you got to, you got to really go out to Kyrie. We, you know, we got to get raised, got to go out to Kyrie. So you really managing your own thoughts and managing your own process. And, and, and yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful thing, man. That's a real beautiful thing. But I know your people that's going to be listening is probably wondering, well, who is this cat, man? Well, you know, like I said, me and Kevin go back. We were part of a men's group at First Baptist. I've been married for 26 years. I got a son uh, who's 19, just graduated high school. Uh, just turned 19, but he graduated high school this past school year. Uh, he's on the autism spectrum. Um, so that was a struggle in itself, um, him being diagnosed with autism and everything, and us having to fight you know, the school system to get him in the places where he needed to be and the spaces where he needed to be to get the best help. Um, and then when he got to high school, he finally got that at a school in Annapolis. And once he got there, he kind of took off. We was expecting him to graduate at 21 but yes he graduated on time with a diploma so that's what's up. truly thankful for that that's what's up. so you know like i said i've been married for 26 years and like i said me and kevin you know met each other at first baptist and chopped it up and been knowing each other for a few years now and um you know just going through that process of going to mcc and having to be transparent and, and, and be real about things you know kind of drew us together um uh, a little bit closer because we got to share each other's story. We know each other's background. So, you know, that's me. I live here in Maryland. I'm still in Maryland over in Springdale, not too far from FedEx Field, the church, all that other stuff. So I'm in the DMV area still. However, my man is now transitioning down to Florida. For sure. Uh, the Sunshine State. For sure. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So I'm, I'm anxious. To, I'm really excited about getting on here with you, man. Just being a <clears> guest. <throat> I'm just so blessed to be a guest, bro. And I'm really looking forward to getting into the topics that we wanted to talk about too. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it was just it was just time, Troy. It was, you know, I I, I lived in, the, in 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 DC, you know, Maryland for so long, man. It was just it was just time, man. And it was the right time. It wasn't something that was rushed. It wasn't something that I was even thinking about. And then by the time it happened, it it was right. Like it didn't feel awkward. It didn't feel crazy. It, it felt like the right thing to do. And now that I'm here. It feels even, you know, better because I'm here. It's not a lot of a struggle, you know. Family and friends that came down to visit me, um, so it's 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 cool, you know. I, I I'm digging it, um, and and just you know, just trying to take it one day at a time. <clears throat> but I think when we when we did speak, you know, in my mind, you know, when you told me what you wanted to talk about, I was like, let's jump on that because I wanna I wanna I wanna play devil's advocate with the topic that you want to talk about. So right. I, I've, I've actually looked at this a couple different ways with a few different athletes. And the only reason why I'm going to bring this athlete up first because you was the person who, you know, kind of brought him to me. So Kyrie. So Kyrie right. seems like he's getting railroaded because he doesn't want to take the vaccine. Right? right. And then jumping to the NFL, Cam Newton was like, man, I'm not I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. And he didn't, you know, he got cut from the Patriots. And now, oh, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm ready to play. Right. I'm like, wow. So so what's what's your initial thought on Kyrie and him 
keeping his stand about not one. I mean, first of all, let me say this. I'm fully vaccinated. <clears throat> I know people that say that they don't want to take it, that they not going to take it. I don't look at them any different. And I, and I hope they wouldn't look at me any different because everybody has a decision to make based off their current living situation. So for me, I felt like at the time I was living with my, my mother and my stepfather. They are both elderly people during COVID at his, at his, at his height. I was the only one going outside, going to work. I did not want to bring anything home to them. So I think in my mind with my daughter coming to see me a lot, you know, being around me a lot, I didn't want to give them anything. But since then, you know, we know, I know people who have um, died from complications of COVID and were fully vaccinated. So there's so much information out there now versus the information that was being put out there when we first heard about this thing. But now that is so much information, so many um, outlets that you can go to to get information about, um, you know, it's kind of life getting back to some type of normalcy. But there are some people, you know, in entertainment and athletes that feel like, you know what, I don't want to take it. I'm not taking it. And Kyrie has took his stand. And now it seems like his team has like abandoned him. So how, how, how does that make you feel? Well, that's a great question. And, and I'm glad you started with Kyrie. But, and, I'll, and I'll put this disclaimer out there, too. I'm vaccinated as well. Um, you know, I got my mom, my, my mother-in-law. We got some elderly folks in our family. My wife is vaccinated. My son is vaccinated. I'm living with, you know, one kidney. I had kidney cancer, so I lost the kidney, so I'm living with one kidney. I'm over 50 years old, so, you know, all those things weighed in. It took me a minute, but I finally said, you know, I finally had to take a real hard look at myself and, I, you know, pray to God about it, just leave it up to him that this is the best thing for me, and I just went ahead and did it. And like you said, though, Kev, you know, I think people have politicized it about a right and they they coming down on people, and I don't begrudge anybody that doesn't want to take the vaccine. Right. It's like I don't begrudge anybody that does take the vaccine. Right. But I was I would I would say this before I dig into Kyrie. The, the people that don't want to take the vaccine are concerned about what's really in it. When we live in, if you participate in this society, meaning you go to restaurants, you eat at McDonald's, Burger King, you take supplements, you take over the counter drugs, you, you participate in this global economy that we live in. You don't know what's in the food that we eat. You don't know what's in the drugs that we take. You don't know what's in any of that stuff. That is so true. I, I just, I look at it differently that way for those people that have, are really staunch about it. And I don't, like I said, I don't hate them, but I say, well, if you if you go to McDonald's, if you go to all these other places, and McDonald's has proven that you can take a burger, a cheeseburger and a fry and stick it in a, in, in, a, in a box and it'll still be the same shape form years later with no decay. So that's chemicals. Yeah. You know, you know, natural food will spoil over time, Ken. Yeah. So yeah. if you eat McDonald's, then <clears throat> I'm just saying, unless you live off the grid, and you Amish, or you live off the grid where you participate in none of this, and you taking in any of the foods and drugs or anything like that, doing your own thing, you don't get the vaccine, hey, cool. But for those people that say, I don't want to take it, I don't know what's in it, do we really know what's in our bodies? Right. What's what we take it into our bodies? But right. I digress, but to Kyrie. That's that man's personal choice, Kev. That's that man's money. That's that man's life. If he doesn't get the vaccine, like you and I, we did it for you know ourselves and also the people that we love. He's got it. He's the one that's got to live with not taking it and dealing with the people that he love. Right. He's the one that's got to deal with it and not being able to play. And one of the things that people keep getting mixed up is 
is that when Kyrie first spoke after Stephen A. did crucify him on Man. ESPN, crucify him. Right, spending more time on Kyrie than he did on Gruden in the NFL with the whole race thing. Right. That's that's blowing my mind, but that's the top. That's that's another that's another conversation. Yeah, but, we can get into that too. Yeah, we yeah yeah we can get into it. But Kyrie came out and said he said, "Look, I was given assurance before the season started. I was able to get an exemption. Now that they told me that I can't, now I got to go back and regroup and so on and so forth." And what a lot of people are forgetting is that it's not the Nets that's not allowing him to play. It's the city of New York. The city of New York has made it mandatory across the entire city. I think it's also the state that anybody that's going into public arenas like that must be vaccinated. So it's, the Nets has to comply with what the state and the city rules are. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, <clears throat> and unlike Bradley Beal and Michael Porter Jr., who they just gave $175, $195 million to an extension, who ain't been in the NFL but a couple days, I mean NBA in a couple days, I don't think that cities has that mandatory thing where the city says you have to be vaccinated. So Bradley Bill and them can play. Some people got upset the other night that Bradley Bill was at Madison Square Garden and played. Well, Madison Square Garden is not his home team. Right. Right? But they got upset about that. But Kyrie is his grown. He's a grown man, Kev. And he can do and say exactly what he wants to do. What I don't like about the way Kyrie is being treated is everybody, especially the sports athletes and the talk show people, are making it personal. Mm. They're making it so personal. It's like you're going back and talking about what this man did in the past, how many games he sat out in the past, it's that and the other, so on and so forth. And I watched these cats just tell this dude. And like Charles Lockett came out and said, you know, the only thing that bugs me is he's still going to make $17 million sitting home. Chuck, why are you counting that man's money? Let that man money be. You know, that's that's his. He's living with the financial consequences that he's not getting his full thirty-four million. I just think that people should leave him alone and let him be. And that's the that's to figure out if KD and Harden and them are not upset or mad at Kyrie. I believe that they respect his choice, and I still think they love him as a brother and a hold on. If they're not mad, and that's organization's not mad, then let that man be. At some point, we're going to get an answer to this question. Either he's going to get the vaccine to play, or he's not, and then the Nets have to do what they have to do, and then he has to live with what they do. Right. Because he made his choice. Right. So I I, I don't see why people are so upset about this. Now, Cam, on the other hand, I think that was pressure about the money. Absolutely. Andrew Wiggins. Now, remember Andrew Wiggins, Golden State, Mm -hmm. didn't want to get the vaccine. He applied for the exemption. They turned him down. And he basically said in a press conference or an interview that he did that he was forced because he was going to lose his money otherwise. He couldn't play. Mm-hmm. So that's why he did it. So <clears throat> for me, I think Cam did the same thing. But I think it's a bigger picture with Cam, though, Cam, on the real. I think it's just a bigger picture with Cam. Um, I think the vaccine played a part in why the Patriots let him go. But also, I don't think Cam is what Cam used to be either, man. Nah. And I think I think that plays into it, too. It, 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 it showed even on the field because when they brought in the young boy, Mac Jones, man, I remember watching one of the preseason games. And, I mean, and, and, I, and I, I mean, me personally, I don't like to look at life that that is all racist, you know, all racism. I mean, even though it's a, it's a big elephant in the room. But I remember watching one of the preseason games. Cam was there. When he came on the field, he got a couple claps. He got a couple, 
you know, hey, you know, whatever. But then when he came out of the game and they put Mac Jones in, I mean, the whole stadium stood up and applauded that man. I, and I'm looking at the TV. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So it almost felt like the fans knew something that we didn't know yet. Even though, even though Cam played, and you know he played, but it was just something about the way they applauded this young rookie. I'm like, he's a rookie, and they're like applauding this. I'm like, okay, so it, I don't know. It just it felt it felt a little weird to me. Yeah, it was, it, it was weird, and we know we know Boston is one of those type of towns. Uh, that, Indeed, that Massachusetts, you know, area up there is, is one of those 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 towns, mm-hmm. and, and on top of that too. You know, Belichick had a play in that, and he actually—I think they moved up to get Mac Jones because they've been saving the boys. And then you got Mac Jones is coming off winning a national championship with Alabama right before he got drafted. They won the national championship. He's not a bad quarterback; he's a pretty solid quarterback. But inserting him into the offense, I think Belichick thinks he's got another Tom Brady on his hands because him and him and him and saving the boys. I know. I, I, I will bet a lot of money that Belichick has been in conversations with Saban about Mac Jones. But probably looked at tape, probably had some sort of events. Probably got he probably got the kid the playbook early and everything because you know they did an HBO special together. Yeah, where they, they, he came out as boys. Yeah, and I know all that stuff goes on because you know New England and Belichick is you know they notorious for cheap. But yeah, um, that Cam thing is is different. I, I I thought Cam was going to end up here in the DMV with this with, with the Washington football team because of Rivera. But even now, watching the last two weeks of Washington play, and Cam is available, why not take a shot on it? Because you know, as feisty and as whatever as the Heineke kid is, man, he's not ready. You know, he's throwing too many interceptions. I mean, he makes some okay plays here and there. Yeah, but at least I mean, I, I think at least you. Give Cam, give Cam a look. Yeah. Give him a look at least. Yeah. You know, to see what he got left. And and, and I mean, and, and, and I feel like, you know, it, it's it's now, you know, week seven, like it's it's like kind of late, you know, because we, oh, yeah. we, I mean, I, I, I honestly, as a fan, I don't think we're going to win another game. Nah. I mean, honestly, that's just, I mean, and I was saying this in week five. Like I said, I don't think we're going to win another game. Like our defense is not. The defense would, that it was last year, and I'm not sure what happened because we got, uh, you know, basically all of the same people. Um, you know, I don't like the coaching staff because they don't mix it up. They don't scheme. Like, it's just all types of stuff that I don't like. But I just feel like, you know, even if we did take a shot on Cam and he came, okay, okay maybe he will make a difference. Maybe he win us three or four games and then we regroup next year. But do we keep him? Do we start out with, you know, do we go in the draft and just get a court? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know. I just I just feel like with, with the with the vaccine, COVID, you know, everything else that we deal with, you know, people just don't understand. Even, and even these entertainment people that you're talking about, these commentators, they, you know, whether you take the vaccine or not, who's going to talk about you? The way you're talking about other people that make their decisions. You know what I'm saying? It's like you got your decision whether you take it or not. And if you don't, you don't. If you do, you do. So why is it that you get to crucify this man because he don't want to take it? Like, I mean, I understand New York was like hit hard with COVID and they were showing us, you know, all this film and all this tape on these these tractor trailers and all these people that was dying. I mean, it was it was 
it was bananas. Like people in New York couldn't even go outside. They couldn't come out of their house. Like I knew a couple of people, I talked to them on the phone and you could just hear in their voice, you know, the, the distress that they had in their voice because nobody really knew what was going on. And so I just feel like with all of that happening, you know, and we still are in a place where we got to wear masks and we got to, you know, wash our hands and we got to just be safe. Like with all that being said, it's like, why, why doesn't a person have the right to make a decision like this? And the only reason why I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick is just to, to show you, you know, the type of society that we live in. So, so, so Cam didn't want to take it, end up taking it because he wanted to get a check. You know, Kyrie had stayed strong and said, look, I'm not taking it. But you got this little guy, Little Nas X, who came out and was supposedly gay and everybody embraced him. And now, all of a sudden, oh, I'm not gay no more. I'm going to go back to being not gay. Huh? But when he but when he came out and was gay, it, it, it was it was all good. It oh, oh okay. He oh yeah, he okay. But let another man Hey, I don't want to take this vaccine. Oh, it's it's all this and that. I'm just like, wait, what? So I mean, I, I just I just I just I don't like the the society that we live in today. And I always try to tell people that regardless of what's going on, I don't let society move me. I move through society, meaning that I don't care. I, I don't like to say I don't care, but what people think about me doesn't move or shake me i'm gonna be who i'm gonna be regardless and i just feel like it's not enough of that in society because everybody has always got something to say always got you know an opinion and to me i i just feel like people have the right to be who they are and have the right to do what they want to do and i don't understand why now all of a sudden is this whole you know you 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 got to get vaccinated so you can play. It's 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 kind of crazy. But for you to come out and tell me that it's mandated through the state and not necessarily the team, then that's a different way to look at it. Because the state is like, well, look, if you're not gonna take it, then you you can't go on the, you can't go in the stadium. And that's right. and, that, and that's the deal with Kyrie. That's something that, that's something to think about. That is something yeah, to think that's about. That's the whole deal with Kyrie. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people are, are, are getting upset. But see, the thing about Kyrie's situation, and it goes back to what you just said, you know, you worry about what you got going on, don't worry about nobody else, and don't let nobody take you off the, the course that you want. And for me, if this is Kyrie's stance, I want him to see this through. I want him to see this through all the way because this is his personal stance. No matter what the consequences may be, no matter if he loses money, uh, if he can't play no more, Whatever case may be, if you stand on your convictions, you stand up for what you feel is right, I applaud that. You know, and he just talked about Little Nas X. I mean, I, you know, because we could, we could easily transition off Little Nas X over to what Chappelle, what the Chappelle closer thing. But Absolutely. All of that, man, is just, it just bothers my mind. And a lot of people were really upset with Chappelle about that. Um. Because I always try to look at stuff. Let's, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. It was not a lot of people. Let, let's be honest of the target audience who was well, upset. Yeah, you, you, that's true. That's yeah, true. let's, let's be honest. Because when we wa- when I watched it, me and, me and my girlfriend, we watched it. We laughed. And I always say Slim is one of the funniest comedians on the planet today. He's like a mix between Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor together. Right. Like he... he he, yeah, he, but what he is, though, Kev, here's what he is. 
this is and, and he to me, Dave Chappelle is in a class by himself. Let me tell you why. It just is my opinion from what I see his last couple shows when he started doing the shows in the barn, under this, under this place out in Ohio, right called, outside, Ohio, right? right, right. So what Dave has done, see, people don't know who Dave Chappelle really is. Dave Chappelle's from DC. Yep. His mom was an educator, and his lineage goes back to down to South Carolina, where I think it was great great grandfather or great grandfather was an actual legislator down in South Carolina. So Dave has a history of activism in his family, education in his family. Right. So and I think and I think one of his I think one of his older relatives was like a um, like a dean or something at a college or something. Right. Right. So. What Dave was hitting everybody with, because Dave, when Dave first come out, he was funny, did the Chappelle show. Yeah. He did all that. Yeah. When he left the Chappelle show and disappeared, everybody thought he was going crazy. Remember, they said the same thing about Martin, right? Martin Lawrence going crazy. Yep. That, that's a, that's another conversation. The system is chewing people up, man, and, yep. and making them crazy. Yeah. But Dave went away on his sabbatical, right? So Dave comes back. So now when Dave delivers his comedy, He's kept the funny bone part about it, right? But he's also dropping nuggets of knowledge on people yeah. in his routine. Yeah. In his routine. So when I looked at the closer, a lot of people was upset about the way he was, you know, the way he was talking, but everybody kept missing his messages. Yep. And his messages in there was that he was sliding in there real good. Yeah. I like the one about when he talked about I'm a feminist. I should let the feminist move. He said the feminists got it all wrong. He said when they wanted to get up in front of everybody, they should have went down and got Bessie from the mailroom and put up in front with everybody. And he and the reason why he said that was because when you get an ordinary person and put them out in front of something, it gives it gives you a more it gets it gives people attention more, care Because right. it's, it's, it's now saying that person just like my sister around the corner. Right. Most of the time. You see people act, you know, truly in activism roles. It's made, you know, typically known of famous people, right? And so people is like, yeah, you know, Angela Rye's cool, Roland Martin is cool, all these people are cool, but they don't know what's really going on with us in our hood, right? And they don't really understand how those things affect us because they still got their money, they still able to talk on TV, this, that, and the other. So he goes on to say they should have put her up front. And put action into place, right? <laughs> and it's funny because, and then he circled it back to how we living now with the sexism, with the Harvey Weinstein. So he said, "I would have helped y'all do all that stuff, and y'all would have to pay me. All y'all had to do was just something I did." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he said, and then he said, "Now we got to square one." And he started laughing. Right. right. <laughs> so, so he took you through this journey of right. how the feminist movement should have rolled. Right. And then he said, "I could have let it." Right, but then I'm going to lead you and get you everything you need. But your parent for me is going to be basically a Harvey Weinstein thing. Yep. And so he drops those nuggets on people, man, and people don't get it. I mean, people honestly, I had to watch it twice. Like I, like I, like I, like I, like I thought that I got everything the first time, but then when I watched it the second time, I was like, wait, okay, I, I missed a couple of things. I was like, oh, okay. So I mean. I'm a fan. Like I remember, I did a um an episode right after I watched Sticks and Stones, and um when I go back and look at that episode seventy one, it's twelve hundred listens 
that people listen to that episode. And I right. and, and I'm not really even sure what I said in that episode, but basically, you know, society as a whole now is just we we so soft with it. Like like everybody everybody has their opinion. But it's almost like if my opinion ain't what yours is, now we got a problem. Right. Why is that? Why can't I have my opinion based off my past experience? Why can't you have your um your your opinion based off your um past experience? And why can't we talk about it so I can have hear your point of view, you can hear mine, and then we can try to meet each other in the middle. I'm not saying that we're gonna agree, but at least we can agree to at least we can agree to disagree respectfully versus you know, going at each other's throat. And I think that's the part that throws me off. And, you know, me and my girl, we had a conversation about it a little bit. But it was just, my thing is, you know, my sister, she's gay. You know, she's married to a woman. And when she watched the show, she texted me and was like, man, I loved it. So for me, it's like, are we, are we, are we, are we watching it for entertainment purposes only? Or are we really watching it to really see what got everybody riled up because when I watched it, I wanted to see what he said to get everybody riled up because I had already watched Sticks and Stones because it was basically a play off of Sticks and Stones pretty much. And so once I watched this one, I was just like, I don't really see the point. But at the end of it, he said it himself. I think the biggest part of what's going on is that we do not listen to each other. We not listening to each other. We are all humans. We all got to coincide on this on this planet together why can't we listen to each other and then on top of everything else that we're dealing with the racial tensions the you know police brutality mental health homelessness it's so many things that we have to deal with as people overall it's just like it's bigger first to fry versus this one little alphabet community that feels like you know people can't talk about them yes they have a great movement their movement has moved you know boundaries you know, in, in in a short period of time, and even my girl, my, my my girl was even like, well, you know, I think some people jealous of them. I was like, you know what? You might be right about that. You might be right that some people might be jealous of that movement, but at the end of the day, we still got to push our agenda regardless. Right. No and matter, you know, no no matter, you know how how people feel. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you know, Flame Flame Monroe, the comedian Flame Monroe, who's a transgender comedian, did an interview right after this thing. Right after, you know, everybody got all the, well, not everybody, but a small segment of people got upset with his with his, with his closer, right? And, you know, Flame Monroe said, listen, I've been doing this as a comedian for 20 years. A lot of what Dave Chappelle said wasn't, wasn't, wasn't incorrect. He said that Dave was right on point. And he talked, and Flame talked about how, and he said, being a black transgender man, right? He said, I got three dogs in this fight. First of all, I'm a comedian, I'm a black man, and I'm transgender. So I got three things going on. And he said, basically, and I heard another gay comedian come out and say, the black gay comedian come out and do this for 20 years too, say today that it's crazy how LGBTQ is a, a group. But within that group, you still got racism going on. Yep. That's the other thing that they talked about yep. in the closer. Yep. You got racism going on. So yep. he talked about, this one gay guy talked about how he was doing a comedy show on a cruise ship. And he said, 
the cruise ship was pretty much full of gay white males, right? And as part of him doing the cruise show or doing the, the show on the ship, he was given like these high-end quarters on the ship. And he said when he walked through that cabin area where all the rich people, all the rich gay people live, uh, was sleeping, he said the looks that he got, like he wasn't supposed to be there, the snickers that he got, this, that, and the other, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And then after he performed, it was like it was cool with him. But it was like there's racism still. There's still an ism going on, yep. even within a group. Yep. And I think that's the other thing that Dave was trying to talk about, too, yep. was y'all are punching down on people, right? But y'all are still punching on people your own. He talked about, and he didn't, he, he didn't confirm it, but the Daphne chick that he let get up on the stage. Right. He said, when Daphne came out and defended me, y'all basically just went at her on Twitter yep. and went at her. Yep. And he believes that it contributed, well, he didn't, he didn't confirm, right. but he believes that it contributed to Daphne killing himself. Right. Um, because of all the outrage that came out because he stood up for Dave. And I, I personally, this is my personal opinion, you know, everybody has their own uh, uh, story in life to walk or story in life to tell, they have their own walk in life. If that's what you choose to do, that's totally up to you. You know what I mean? That's totally up to you. If you want to live that lifestyle, that's up to you. And all the things that come with it, that, that's up to you. But for me, Chappelle, again, is, is kind of like this college professor that makes jokes. He's dropping these nuggets on people, Kim, and a lot of people... And it just went over a lot of people's heads. Yes, it really did. Really did. And, you know, I, I was really disappointed. And this is how this thing happens in our society. And we'll, we'll get into the, the, the sports talk people, you know, in a minute. But the first people that came out publicly was the Black Justice Organization, which is an organization that is uh, for gay black people. Okay. And the guy that is part of that um, that came out basically said, I watched it twice and gave this and gave that and gave this and gave that, right? He just came on Roland Martin and talked about it, right? But then when I, I did some background research, I went to their website and there is not one press release mm. by the organization wow. condemning Dave Chappelle. Wow. I went to the I went to the news releases, I went to their front page. I looked at all that stuff. Wow. I, I, was it last week, a couple weeks ago? I looked at all that stuff. Wow. And it was just this one man representing the organization speaking. Mm-hmm. Just that one man representing the organization speaking. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side, here's the flip side of that, right? So Gruden comes out and says, we don't want no queers in football. Why do y'all draft queers in football? Where was the outrage from that community about that? Exactly. And and, and 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 the only outrage was um um Roger Goodell's brother is gay. Right. And and I'll, and I'm also hearing that those emails got leaked for a reason. Not not just oh yeah, we got these emails. Listen, I think those emails is get ready to bring a whole another storm. 
to professional sports, even though I don't agree with it because I feel like sports is sports. It shouldn't be no politics in sports, man. Like, I think that's the reason why the Washington Redskins slash Washington football team slash whatever they name going to be next is always going to be in this little, I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but it's just crazy because it's like, you know, Dan is the type of owner who doesn't care about winning. He just cares about the money that he's making. He can care less what the scoreboard say. I mean, honestly, that's just my opinion. But I just felt like, you know, even when when John Gruden came out and said something racially um, about a player, he was still able to play, I mean, coach for the next, I think it was two or three games. But then when it came out that he said, you know, had some homophobic um, comments in his emails, then it was like, oh, yeah, we got to get rid of him. It's like, huh? All right. All right. Now, watch this. Now, Kev, let's pivot real quick to the sports talk. Because that right there is one of the things that really, really bothered me about the Kyrie situation. So, you got Stephen A. Smith that... You got all this groupy stuff going on. He's attacking pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. Started out with D. Smith, yep. or Smith, yep. right? And Kyrie comes out. This dude spends an entire, almost two weeks, going after Kyrie. He's really said nothing about John Gruden. He really said nothing. Nothing. About, about anything, not about Mark Davis. Here's the problem. When... Mark Davis first got the notice from the league on Friday that this was happening. That he had slammed, he said what he said about D. Smith. This was before the other emails came out. Mark Davis should have suspended John Gruden on Friday. John Gruden should have coached into the weekend. Right. He should have been suspended. Right. But because Mark Davis was slow to move his feet on it, tells you about that, right? And then when he didn't move his feet on it, that's when the NFL, I think the NFL themselves, because they, they said the NFL got pissed off yep. about that. Yep. And I think the NFL was the ones that leaked that, the rest of those emails. Yep. But but again, now watch this. So all those emails get leaked. Come Monday, John Gruden resigns. Where's Stephen A. Smith? Exactly. He's still spending time on Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Still talking about Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And, and the, part, the part that really troubles me about that situation is... He's quick to let everybody know that I'm a black man on air. So this guy comes out and basically says what he says, pretty much a racial slur about DeMore Smith, Michelin Man Lips. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And even that right there should have set you off. Absolutely. Black man, right? Right, (laughs) right. Right, and then the rest of it comes out, and you still, I don't even know if you said anything. I, still spent time on Kyrie. Honestly, I don't know if he's ever addressed it at all. I mean, I, I can go back and look, but I don't. I don't recall him addressing it as much as he as he has addressed Kyrie. And that's the part that throws me off. Just us as a as a people in general. Like, how's it that we can allow ourselves to continue to throw each other under the bus, but when other when other races do it, it's like it's a problem. But we doing it to ourselves. Like we are doing it to each other on a regular basis. But we but we get pissed and mad when another race does it to us. But but we doing it to ourselves. So can we stop doing it to each other first, and then right. have an attitude when other races come at us? Because 
is 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 it look it looks kind of backwards at this point. It is backwards. Um, I, I reached out to somebody uh, in this area on social media that's actually in the media. Okay. Right about it, and they said they said, "Oh yeah, that's screaming A. Smith." You know, we don't really pay attention to him, and basically, he pretty much just is pretty much sold his soul for the money because. You know, ESPN is telling him to do these things. And he's doing it. And he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you spend an entire week on Kyrie Irving. I mean, really getting personal with the dude. Mm-hmm. Question is leadership. I mean, if anybody with a brain in their head, if I tell you Kevin, I, I, I like I like Kevin Williams. Kevin Williams is not a dumb or stupid man. And then two seconds later, turn around and say, what you doing is stupid. What? Right, yeah, right. You, said, you, you, you just, I just called Kevin Williams an intelligent man. It's not stupid. And then two seconds later, I turn around and say, "Well, what he's doing is stupid." Right. What? Yeah. And and, and then Stephon Marbury chimed in, and Stephon Marbury basically said, "Yo, bro, cut that man some slack. Right. Don't call that man like that." Right. And then he had to clap back back at him, getting personal, bringing up the Vaseline incident. Right. Stephon was going through whatever he was going through. Like and for me, my problem with them, um, Shannon Sharp to a degree. Oh yeah. Uh, the guys on the guys on um, Nick Wright's show mm-hmm. uh, is that your your job is to is, is to talk about the game. Right. That's why that's why Mike Greenberg's show Get Up. I enjoy watching that because Ryan Clark, Bart Scott, uh, yep. Coach Rex Ryan, they come on there. Yep. When they say when they say when they get personal with a player, it's about it's about that game. If 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 you suck in the game, they're gonna say you you sucked in that game. Right. They went out to Mike McCartney, uh, even though Dallas won the week before last. Right. They went out to Mike McCartney about bad coaching. Right, coaching. Right, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and even and even when the Jay Gruden situation came out, Ryan Clark had a perfect a perfect um. <sighs> Discussion in regards to that on how and why it went the way it went, and I'm like, I, you know, some people don't like Ryan Clark. I like Ryan Clark because I'm just telling you what I feel. I could be wrong, but let me just tell you what I feel. And guess what? That man has NFL experience, so he knows some of the stuff that we don't know. Right behind closed doors. Right with Steve, with Stephen A. Though, with set Stephen A. Off with with Stephon, and it's just all of them. Sports writers are. When Stephon said, "Who is he to say anything? He's never ran a football. He's never swung a bat. He's never shot a jump shot at this level." That when 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 athletes clap back at writers that have never played the game, they can't stand that. Of course. And because they have the pen or the platform, they get personal. Yeah. I give. I I, I kind of like I said, Shannon kind of took me a couple places last year. Because one of the things, when, when the whole Kwame Brown thing broke up, right? Kwame finally stood up for himself. Yeah. Right? I thought that was hilarious, and, by the way. Right, yeah, yeah. And he's still roasting people. <laughs> but, but what I find interesting <laughs> about that, right, is the mainstream media doesn't want to tell everybody the truth. Right. Eton Thomas, yeah, Eton does his little thing with Dave Zyron. He yes. also does a thing with basketball dudes. Yes. But Eton had, it was Eton, Jihadi White, C. Witt, Tyrone Nesby on a Zoom like interview thing, right? Okay. And they all talked about Kwame's time in DC because they were all there. Right. They said Kwame should have never been drafted by the Wizards. 
said Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan came back. It was all about Michael Jordan. They told stories about what really happened with Kwame behind the scenes. Shalene Jenkins wrote that article about Kwame not knowing how to take his clothes to the dry cleaner. Eton was like, that dude knew how to order food from a restaurant, take a stroll to the glide train and everything. What are they talking about? Right. But it's, it's that narrative that's put out there. Right. And Stephen A. took that and rode that man for years. Right. And to Kwame's point, when Kwame first got tired of it, I think Matt Barnes and Stack Jackson set him off. Yes. They were the tipping point. Yes. Kwame's original, if you look at Kwame's overall picture, Kwame's saying, listen, dog, we grown men, bro. We grown men. You want to run your mouth like that? Pull up. Yeah, come on, and, and that's the right, and that's the part that I don't like about where some of the sports talk is gone. Yeah, right, because it shouldn't be that personal. Be personal. Yeah, it shouldn't be that personal. Yeah. Like for instance, I, I give you an example. When 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 the bubble happened, right? NBA, everybody went to the bubble. Everybody know Paul George. Oh, the oh the, oh, the oh the fake championship. Okay, go ahead. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. So everybody, everybody know that Paul George sucked in the bubble, right? So all of a sudden. You start hearing people call him playoff P, polyester P, all this other stuff. That's not that man's name. You want to talk about that man having a bad game? Say Paul George had a bad game. This is why he had a bad game. He needs to pick it up. Da 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 da. But don't go calling people by their name. Don't call. Don't go disrespecting people on TV like that. And a lot of people, which which bothers me too. This bothers me too, Kev. Is this one percent? of people that are super athletes, that play at this high level, that get paid all this money, rightfully so, everybody expects them to be robots and not have feelings and emotions and not be human. And that's not accurate. It's, and that's not, and that's right. Because and like, if I see you at the post office or the grocery store, I'm walking right up on you. Like, hey, what's up, Snap? Right. You, yeah, had, a lot yeah, to, yeah. you had a lot to say. Oh, 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 no. Nah. Oh, oh, no. Nah. Yo, okay. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And the thing that bothers me about that too, Kev, is everybody that has all these strong opinions and get personal with these athletes, how would you like for the athlete to show up at your job right. and criticize the hell out of the job you're doing? Right. You ain't get that project done this week? You a bum. Right. You, you ain't going to school? You a bum. I mean, right. and it's like, just because they're pro-athletes don't mean they have feelings. Right. And I'm so glad that several years ago, Kevin Love and, and other athletes started coming out and talking about mental health. Yeah. I mean, it, these it's guys important. Are, are, right. These guys are conditioned to play in front of thousands of people at a high level. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they don't have insecurities. They don't have all these things that we all have too. Right. When they go home at night, they just you don't think them listening to somebody get into their person like that on sports talk TV. Does it affect them? Absolutely. Some guys it doesn't. Some guys it does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you say, we all human. Like I just interviewed um, Jamal Jackson. Uh, he went to Delaware State with me. He played for right. Philadelphia. He was their center for nine years. And he just kind of talked about how, you know, um, not being, you know, not being hip on, you know, football. Like when he started playing football, he was in the 10th grade. And he was like, he had a... Um, uh, 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 I want to say it was a um, physical ed teacher that was just like, look, you need to try to play a sport. They tried him out in wrestling. He ain't like that. They tried him out in football. He ended up being good at it, but he ain't know about the SAT. He ain't know about, you know, the the inside stuff that went, ha- you know, happened with colleges and, 
I mean, he didn't know about a lot of stuff. So he didn't know about, you know, going to the big schools, end up going to Delaware State, said Delaware State was one of the best schools, and he glad he went because he got the whole HBU experience. But, you know, he, he didn't get all of that. But he did kind of talk about, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, that they go through to have to condition to be at that peak level. And I'm like, Joe, for him to play starting center for nine years, that ain't that ain't no easy thing. And then he was like, Kev, I'm telling you, if 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 game one, you get a you get an injury or you get a nick or whatever, you're gonna carry that the whole season. So you're not gonna be hundred percent the whole season. It's something gonna be wrong with you, whether it's your elbow, your knee, your leg, your ankle. It's gonna be something that's gonna bother you every game, but you gotta go out there and get that bread. And a lot of people who don't have to deal with that don't realize it. Like these fans that think they can just come out and, you know, um, when the when the running back from um San Francisco went down, he got all these death threats and all this and all like people, people are crazy. And I mean, I hate to say it, but it's almost like, you know, after you know, that 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 president that we used to have was in office. Now he's not in office. It's like he he ignited a a a, a big ignorant part of this country to to come out of their shell, if that makes sense. Like we knew you were out here, but we didn't know what your name was or what you looked like. And I always tell people that if that's how you are, be that way. So that way on on a, on that day that I need to know who you are, let me see you. So I can know how to deal with you when 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 that time comes, but don't don't do something and say something but then turn around, "Oh, I apologize." For what? Why are you apologizing? You apologize for being who you are? Cuz I'm not going to apologize for being who I am. Cuz if I need to say something to you, I'm going to say it and I'm not going to apologize cuz that's how I feel. So I just feel like a lot of people out here now, you know, it's like it's like for like, it's all likes, it's all tweets, it's all, you know, you know, for entertainment. And and a lot of times, like you said, I mean, this person has a has a has a life too. This man is human. He he trying to do a job. Why you going at that man like that? And not even talk about, you know, going at him, but damn, we black. I thought we were supposed to stick up for each other. I know, right? Like, but you I going know. on that man like that, that's crazy. I know, I know. And you know, that's it's, it's funny because I watch um I am athlete on YouTube with Brandon Marshall, Chad Johnson. I watch Shannon it. Shannon Crowder. Yep. And them cats too, right? Yep. And, you know. Did you, did you, did you, did you, did you see the one with him? I mean, with them and Dwayne Wade? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you, did you see their face when he said what he said? Uh-huh. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh yeah. That was hilarious, man. They was looking at him like, oh. Oh, okay. He was like, because when I was yeah. young, it was okay to dress up like a girl. They was like, what? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, come on, dog. I'm like, listen, I know you okay with your son being the way he is, but don't put yourself. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I, I'm not. Listen, that's my son. That's what his decision is. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about sports. Right. I'm not going to. I mean, me, I know. I know my role, and I, and if I got a child, and if that's their lane, we're not going to discuss that openly, because that's a family thing. I mean, some people open that door, which I don't think they should, but they do, and once you open that door, you got to talk about it, because cause you don't put it out there. So, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of people out here that do stuff that don't really think about their consequences when they do it, and then 
again, the life that we live in now with everything that's going on, I, I, w- I would rather, you know, um, have a more positive impact on things versus negative. And like you saying, Stephen A., in regards to Kyrie, I just I just think it's been it's been it's been really redundant at this point because it's like you talked about the man, the man made his decision. Okay, let's move on. Like you just said, you ain't say nothing about John Gruden. Right. You ain't say nothing yeah, about man. Bruce Allen. Like, come on, man. Like, what you doing? But but I think Kev, though, I think I think the clock is ticking on Stephen A. Because you know he ran Max Kellerman out of that first take, right? I I I, I, I heard about that. Yeah, he ran. He basically, he basically ran. Back. It, it, they, some people theorize or think it started when they had To on the show, and something, it's something. It was a topic of discussion on the show, and it had to do with race. And Max gave his take, which was a very interesting take, a very thoughtful, a very thoughtful take, right? And To came out on air and told Stephen A. to his face, Max is blacker than you are. And I think at that point, a lot of people seem to think at that point when T.O. did that on air. Oh, I missed that, that one. That was pretty much the the starting of the end of Max. Oh, I missed that um, one. And, and, you know, we, you know, uh, you know Deion Carter, right? Yes. Yeah, so me and Deion Carter talk at least once or twice a week. Okay. And we have been watching this dynamic going on between Stephen A. and Max and how Stephen A. was always screaming on Max. But here's the interesting part, and I hope Stephen A., as smart as he is, I'm not going to take anything away from the brother. He's a smart guy. But I think that he may be missing the picture here. When you got Max booted, right, Max didn't get booted off ESPN. Max ended up getting two additional shows besides Max on Boxing. Max moved to KJM in the morning, which is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. It used to be Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. But Zubin got sick or something happened with Zubin. They ain't bring it back, so they put Max in that spot. Mm. So Max is on ESPN first thing in the morning at 6.30 with Keyshawn and J. Will, right? Okay. Then flip over, they created a show for Max in the afternoon on ESPN. Wow. I did not know that. In addition to, he's got Max on boxing that was already on ESPN. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, 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 watch this now. I got this thing. Somebody back in September, when they fired Max, I think about the first couple weeks afterwards, right? First thing used to be the top-rated show on television on Sports Talk, especially the top-rated show on ESPN. Yeah, because I watched it every somebody, day. Right, so somebody tweeted out that first take was losing to get up, NFL Live, Around the Horn, and PTI. They said the, they said the numbers was 398,000 for first take, 408,000 for Get Up, 413 for NFL Live, mm. 469 for Around the Horn, and 652 for PTI. Wow. So first take, it's basically, when they got rid of Max, went from first to last. Wow. And it's interesting that PTI has been around for 20 years. Years, yeah. You know, you know, Kornheiser, you know, was always on Sports Talk 980 and stuff like right, that, right? Right, right, right. And him and, him and, that's how him and Wilbon, well, they both worked for the Washington Post. Right. When Wilbon started coming on Sports Talk on Tony's show, I think that's what kicked PTI off. Right. But the thing I like about them two, though, is they had their topics, 
and they never get personal. Right. They, they just, just they, they just talk. They just talk. Yeah. And they've been on for twenty years. Yeah. That's why I like. That's why I like get up. That's why I like Jalen and Jacoby too. Yeah, because they um, just they just speak they just speak to the facts. Right. They, I mean, they right. might they, they might they might voice their opinion, but they don't make it personal though. Right, and it's funny because Kendrick Perkins. Oh, that's going that's Stephen that's my man. Hey, look, that is my man. He be going. Watch this. You ready for this? <laughs> you ready for this? So Kendrick Perkins gets on there with Jalen Rose, and there was something they were disagreeing on, and Jalen kicked that dude in the dick. Then Kev, he said. You ain't been on here for five minutes. You gonna sit up here and tell me? I mean, he went in on it. It was so bad that Jalen had to come back and apologize on air to Kendrick Perkins. Because Kendrick got his feelings about it. Because Jalen went at him. And I'm sitting up here saying to myself, just the same dude, as funny as Kendrick can be with some of his takes, yes. Kendrick can also get a little personal with people, too. Yes. And Jalen gave the Jalen Jalen said you can sit up here, you only been here for five minutes and get your hot takes off in your preacher man suit. I was like, oh snap. <laughs> he went hard. <laughs> hey, listen, as soon as as soon as after that happened, it's like 15, 20 minutes after that happened, Kev, I get a text from Dion. You see that? You see that? I was like, Yeah, bro. He went, he was like, he was like, Jay said, Dion said, Jalen need to apologize to that dude because he he cut it down. Hey. On air, and, and he ended up making a formal apology. But my point is this: is these cats can also be super sensitive. Yeah. When you come at them, they can be super sensitive too. And, and Kendrick is kind of going down that road because when when the Rachel Nichols thing happened, yes, yes, the Rachel Nichols thing, yes, and then the very next day she came on with that apology, not apology, right? And then. Kendrick and Richard Justin kind of went on as if, you know, that's my girl. Right. We go way back. Right. I think Rachel Nichols is the one that helped him get in. Yeah. ESPN. Yeah. Right? So later that evening, right? Later that evening, I happened to be on Twitter. And you know, Twitter does a Twitter does this thing where they got a live feed now. And there's these there's these ladies up in Canada, these black girls up in Canada that do a basketball talk show. Okay. And you can call into the talk show. And I was on that joint. Bro, Country Perkins came on that joint, bro. Man, them chicks lit into his room. I care. When I tell you they lit into him, they lit into him so hard that when, you know how you get roasted? You know how people join back and forth? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. You can't get roasted. And they finally make that declaring statement. Well, I got my stuff. You ain't got nothing. You know how they get upset and they make that one defining statement to let you know they upset? Yeah. They was getting Kendrick. I mean, it was four ladies on there. It was hitting left and right, left and right, left and right. Mm. Kendrick finally, when I said Kendrick is done, when he finally said, well, look, man, I, I got a woman. I got a, I got a beautiful woman at home. I ain't about to lose my job for nobody. I was like, oh, they got it. Oh, because they was care they was jabbing They was uppercutting mm. They was They was giving him the business. They was giving I was on that joint listening. They was giving the business and he couldn't take it. So he finally I mean he lasted maybe fifteen minutes on that man. Damn. He was gone. They was crushing it, man. They was crushing it. And oh. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's not that serious, man. It, it, I mean, I you know, I, I it's 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 been times where people even on, on, on this platform, you know, may um 
may disagree with me, and that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with you disagreeing with me, but let's be respectful, though. Because at the end of the day, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, you know, when you behind, when you behind that lens, when you behind that laptop screen, when you behind that phone, and you just tapping, 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 you know, when you see me in real life, then what? Because when you, because when you see me in real life, you're not gonna have all that tough talk that you had with them keys. Right. You you gonna have to you gonna have to do something else. That's a good point. I, I learned that. I learned that, that that concept and that process of dealing with people online back when message boards started started popping up. Right. I remember Russ Paul had a message board for the Russ Paul Morning Show. I remember he he got off on his message board. You know, um, put his message board up and people was going back and forth and. Then I got off it for a while, and then of course Facebook, Instagram, and social media came right. really hard. <clears throat> and one thing I always do, I never, I, you know, when I comment on people's stuff, I never get personal. Man. Right for what? It's not that you serious. Know, it's not that serious. And it's I not that people, serious. I get my opinion about something. I had people call me idiots. Yeah, all that. All that. So I'm like, I'm I be, like, thank you. Have a blessed day. I just, I just say, wow. Like wow, yeah. like like I had to do one time, man. I I told him, I said, listen, man, if you want to further this conversation, meet me on Six and Seven Avenue in Southeast around eight o'clock. Right. Crickets. Right. Yeah, I mean, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I don't do the tough talk online, but but come holler at me though. Right. I, I mean, I know I'm supposed to be a change man, but I'm still human. Come right. come holler at me. So a friend of mine, a friend of mine, inboxed me was like, Kevin. I was like, I ain't. I'm not going. I just felt like I needed right. to say something to shut him up. Like, I ain't, right. I'm not going to meet him. I'm just like saying that so he can be like, look, yeah, you ain't coming to Southeast. Chill out. Right. Be easy. I used to go back and back in the board, Mrs. Board Day, used to call it board muscles. Board muscles. <laughs> yeah, know, that's. They, they, talk, they, they talk all that stuff. And it's like, you know, when people, when people hit people with facts, they don't like it. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, like when, when KD decided to go to Golden State, you know, or else, more importantly, when LeBron decided to go to Miami, right? Oh, God. A lot of people kept talking about how, oh, well, LeBron ain't the first one. Magic did it. Kareem, you know, Magic did it. Bird did it. Jordan did it. And if, you, if you're if a student of basketball, especially the NBA, especially during the time between 79 and 99, there was no... I'm going to decide to go. It was, uh, and I'll break it down for you, Kevin, the Celtics. Celtics drafted Bird in 79. And when they went 11 and, was it 11 and something? They only won 11 games that Larry Bird's rookie season. So Red Albright was like, look, I got this, this talent. I got to do something. So you know what he did? The Celtics had Joe Barry Carroll. Remember Joe Barry Carroll? That name sounds very familiar. Yeah, Joe, they had Joe Barry Carroll. Big center, right? Because back then, centers were popular. So what he did was, he packaged a deal where he said Joe Barry Carroll, but Joe Barry Carroll was having like 20 and 10 at that time, but he was just on the Sorry Celtics team. So he said Joe Barry Carroll to Golden State for Robert Parrish and a number three pick in that next year's draft. Guess who the number three pick ended up being? Kevin McHale. Mm. So Brent Arbat, and they, and they still talk about that in some circles to this day about the greatest trade in NBA history was that Golden State trade that he sent Robert Parrish, he got Robert Parrish from Kevin McHale, and that started the Celtic dynasty. Flip over to the Lakers. Magic got drafted. Worthy got drafted. Um, I think 
was a Cooper. Cooper might have been a journeyman, but these all everybody was being moved around via trades and drafts. Then you right. flip up to the Bulls. Everybody think the Bulls was this super team that was built. People forget Scottie Pippen was garbage the first couple of years in Chicago. Right, they right. They drafted Horace Grant. They drafted Scottie Pippen. And Dennis Rodman came to them off of a trade because San Antonio was tired of him taking his shoes off on the sideline. Right. And Jerry Cross was like, you know, we need somebody. And if everybody watched that, 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 that Bull documentary, they will understand how that thing went down. Yeah. Because it was like, they asked him, well, do you want to come play here? Dennis was like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care, care, right. Uh, yeah. uh, right, I don't care. It don't make, so, no, make no difference to me. Right, and so when I hear these people talk about the super teams, that would be, even, the, even the Celtics team with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen didn't come, and Kevin Garnett didn't say, I'm going to go play in Boston. They got traded to Boston. Right. And so people, a lot of people that are, that are really, really big LeBron fans will always go to those super teams back then. Yeah, some some guys did do it back then, like Barkley and Carl Malone and them. But right. it was way past their prime. Right. They weren't doing nothing. They weren't doing nothing. Right. People seem to get that. And that's where, you know, you start talking about facts. People just twist the facts, man. And it just twists me out watching these people just twist these facts up, Kevin, and think it's okay. I mean, that's what, the, but that's what it is, though. That's 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 what society is now, man. I I I posted something in the meme, um, um, a couple of days ago, and it was, and I, and it basically said that, um, um, important information spreads fast, but misinformation spreads even faster. Yeah, and that's and, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the life that we living in right now. Right, and and, that, and that's life that's life that we living in now. Insurrection and, and this virus, this, this, um, this, this different size of the pandemic thing. Yeah, this is all history repeating itself. Yeah, I read a book called the Tavistock Institute, and in the Tavistock, in that book, the Tavistock Institute, Kev, is this place over in London or Britain, over in England, that their their main focus was uh, psychology. Okay, uh, mental, mental, you know, twisting people's minds up, right? And this guy did a book on the Tavistock Institute, and then I think it's chapter 10 of the book, where it talks about television and communication. Well, Rockefeller and them, all the people, the rich people that was here in this country was invested in the Tavistock Institute to help them with mind control and controlling the masses. And in chapter 10, they go into detail about that. Mm. They talk about Sigmund Freud's theory and Gustav Le Bon's theory of, 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 of mass psychology, or the psychology of crowds. And basically what that is, is, say for instance, all of a sudden, you do a podcast, Kev, next week, right? And you float a theory out there, and you get a thousand likes on that theory, right? If you can get those thousand people to now reshare what you said, your theory, then you you just went to 10,000 people, 20,000 people, right? So when me, I come at your theory... Right, them ten thousand people are gonna trash me. Right. Why? And part of the reason why is is the psychology of crowds because they all belong. People belong to something. They stand for something together. Right. Right. So they are gonna come at come at it with as a crowd. Right. <clears throat> they feel a brotherhood. It's kind of like to put it in real world or should I say black people terms. It's kind of like how they talk about how people why people join gangs. Right. Because it's family. Right, which that's you. the way these movements move. So think about September. Think about January sixth. Think about January sixth. Right, there was probably some people there that didn't really 
that was like really going there for a peaceful demonstration because they thought, you know, it wasn't right, this, that, and the other. But at the same time, though, it tapped into their inner self and they felt the brotherhood. Mm -hmm. So when they converged on D.C. and heard that dog whistle, head on down to the Capitol, everybody got together. That's why you had military people, law enforcement officers, business people, all in that group. And there's a lot more jokers in that group they ain't telling us about. It yeah. was involved. Yeah. Except for the couple of police officers and the military people that got caught. Yeah. There's a lot more of them in there. Yeah. But that's the psychology of a crowd. Yeah. If you can get a whole bunch of people <clears throat> leaning a certain way and believing to your ideology, they're going to ride it as a brotherhood that is basically... They feel like they belong to something. That's almost that's almost like um, forty eight laws of power, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Because I read I read that book and was just like, oh, okay, so I can actually do this and make this person do that without them even knowing that they're doing it. Oh, okay, bet, yep. <laughs> bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's mind control. It's controlling the masses. That's why Hitler was able to use his propaganda to do what he did. Right. Exactly. I mean, like I said, all this stuff that we seeing now, it ain't new. Yeah. It ain't new. It's just like just like right now. I mean, you don't hear too much more. You hear more about it on our side of the fence, the Dave Chappelle thing, than you do anybody else. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because ain't nobody, I mean, they, they said it. He said, listen, and this is something you probably you heard in the, in, in the closer too, going back to that. These little nuggets he was dropping. He basically said, I walked off the bus and left $50 million. Yep. You know what they told me? They told me he don't give two AFs. Yep. He I'm, don't care. I mean, because I was like, how can you cancel a man who gave away $50 million? Wow. You can't, you can't cancel a man who, gave, who, who, who left $50 million on the table. $50 million? Right. He left it on the table and walked away. You can't cancel no man like that. He can care less. And the other part about that too is, is 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 when he did come back and HBO started streaming the Chappelle show, and he talked about how and this is one of he talked about this in one of the stand up routines he did at his farm. And he talked about how he signed a bad deal and basically he talked about that perpetuity thing, mm. which is in a lot of people's contracts. Yeah. Your your name and likeness for perpetuity, which means forever. Yes. Right? And so he said, I signed a bad contract. You know, ain't no big deal about that. But it's really disrespectful that they put my put my name and likeness out there on HBO and I ain't getting a dime for it. Mm. He said, so you know what? <laughs> I'm going to let my real bosses decide. You the people. And when he said that, when that, when that first aired, after that, HBO, like a couple weeks later, HBO pulled that joint down. No, yeah, because they ain't had no choice. Yep. They ain't had no because choice. Because he let his real bosses talk, and yeah. that's the that's the type of that's the type of, of knowledge that he drops into his shows. Yeah, because if you really think about it, right, the real bosses of athletes and celebrities are us. Yep, it ain't the studios, it ain't the ownership sitting up in the up in the up in the suites. Yeah, it's us. Yeah, because without us. There is no stadium. Without yeah. us, there is no stage. Without us, there is no production crew to make these shows. Well, Without I, us, I, I, none of that. I wish the I wish the Washington football team fans knew that because I swear we need. Oh man! Well, I, I, I think the Washington football fans do know 
and it's evident because when you turn the TV on, bro, the club section and upper section. Man, that thing empty. <laughs> bad, that thing is empty. Yeah. Me. Bad. I mean, they, they, ain't, they ain't in the parking lot, but that thing is empty, though. That thing is empty, man. I just, I just, I just want something better for my mob. That's all, man. I've, I've been a fan since a baby, man. I told, I, I, I was talking to a dude one day, and he was like, "Man, you think you will ever be able to not be a, um, a, a Redskins fan?" I was like, "I don't think I'd be able to do it." I said, "Cause I remember seeing a picture, and I and I had Redskins head to toe, and I was a baby, baby." I was like, I don't think I'd be able to do that. Like, I know some fans who were Redskins fans, then they went to Dallas, and then I know some Dallas fans that. Uh, when 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 they ain't like Dallas no more, they went to Baltimore. I don't, I can't do like even when I go out of town or if I dress or when I put my clothes on, I be seeing how other guys may put like a different hat on, like a San Antonio hat to match their shirt, or put like a Phoenix Sun hat on to match their shoes. I can't, I don't know how to do that. And you know what's funny because I I was in uh, I missed a tire uh, on Friday, right? His brother delivering tires in the National Time Battery Truck came into the lobby uh, to drop off his invoice, right? And he had a Golden State hat on. I said, yo, bro. I said, your boy Steph went out the other night, did he? 45, right? He said, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, yeah, but I ain't a Golden State fan. I'm a such and such fan. Uh, I just wore this hat because it go with my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not that guy, man. I'm not that guy. Like, wow. I, I can't do it. So so I'm stuck because I, I Maryland, Georgetown, the Nationals, the Wizards, Washington football team, DC United. That's all I got. And if I can find something that can match it, then we good. Other than that, I can't give you nothing else. Right, I, I just right. I just can't do it. Like people say, oh man, you so you don't wear no other hats. Go to my Instagram. Go to my Facebook. You'll see. I don't got a lot. I don't wear other team stuff. For what? That's not my mom. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to wear a Green Bay hat because... I like Green Bay. No, I don't. No, I'm not doing that. I have. I've even. I even I've even been in a stadium. And guess when I walked in there with? Yeah, you know what I walked in there with. Yeah, I, I want everybody to know I am not a Green Bay fan, and it's all good. It's all love. I mean, you know. But I, I, I've, I've never been that guy, man. I can't do that, man. I can't switch up like that, man. Can't do it, man. I can dig it. I can dig it. I can dig it. Yeah, it's, it's, but I think. Uh, but I think you said something early on about. More stuff coming out about the football team. Oh yeah, it's coming. I, I think this. I think what this thing that happened. I think this is the jump off point. Yeah. I think Goodell and the other owners around the league were waiting for. Yeah. Because I think, and, and, and you show that, like I said, the seats are empty. Yeah. They've been uh, trying to get the little dude out for years, man. And and here's their time, think, man. I think, right. I think this is the jump off point. Yeah. And you know, they always say art imitates life. Yeah, you know, what you see on the movies and television is 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 happening in real in life. In real life, exactly. Right. If you ever watch the show Ballers, yes, on HBO, that's my stuff. Yeah. Right. So, so, so you know how they parody Jerry Jones, right? Yes. You can tell who the Jerry Jones guy is. Right? Yeah. Yep. And and and, and Rashad Mendenhall, the writer of the show, he played in the NFL, so he's kind of onto something. And the way they laid out how the ownership group mm-hmm. works, mm-hmm. if you ain't if you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing, bro, yeah, it's time for you to go because you're messing up all our money. Yep. Because if we got if we got a bad owner that's this this, this bad, yeah, it, it's and it's going to affect our bottom line. Yeah. Yo, you got to go. So I, think- I, I I was reading something. I was reading something where they um they had an emergency. They were trying to do an emergency vote 
to remove him from the team. Yeah. I said, oh, it's really happening. They really trying to get him up out of there. I, I ain't mad at yeah, it. Cause the, yeah, because I think the minority owners tried to make a move by putting all their shares up for sale, hoping that someone would come in and buy it so they could, through that process, move him out. But I think somehow Snyder came up with the money I guess to get it. I've been wanting this dude gone. I've been wanting that dude gone since 2015. I've been wanting him gone for a minute. Then what what really threw me off is you you finally retire um, Sean Taylor's number after 12 years after this scandal. Come on, man. Y'all terrible, man. I mean, okay, we're going to celebrate Sean Taylor, but how long has he been dead? How, how long has it been? Come on, man! And y'all and y'all and y'all want to retire his jersey now? Come on, Joe. From what I understand from reports that I was reading, was that this was that this was done at the last minute. Man, smoke that, screen, that, smoke screen. That, that, Sean, that Sean Taylor's father and family, the public knew before they knew. Smoke screen. Smoke screen. Smoke screen. From what I understand, the logo that they had. Um, on the field for Sean was on Kansas City's sideline and I think they said one of the Kansas City guys was dancing on it. Nah, um, Patrick Mahone's brother. But yeah, Patrick Mahone's brother was dancing on it, right? Because he ain't know. He he young. He don't know. He don't know what's going on. They also said that the way everything went down, there was no over the, there was no like big, like Moment of silence. No, it was terrible. It was terrible, man. It was so disrespectful. I was mad. I was like, I was, I was a little, I was a little, I was a little upset. I mean, when when Sean Teller died and they had his funeral, I didn't even go to work. I stayed home to watch the funeral on TV. I was hurt. So for you to do this after this John Gruden email thing, come on, man. It was so disrespectful, man. So disrespectful. So when people talk about being a fan and this, that, and the third, yeah, I know how disrespectful my, my the organization can be, but it's my team. And until we get something better, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I was watching it. I was watching the game today. What I got on a Redskin team. I mean, that's that's what I know. I don't know the Washington football team. I don't even know who that is. I just know the Redskins. I mean, I've, I've gotten used to saying Washington football team because that's politically politically correct, but. If you ask me, I'm a Skins fan all day long. That's that's just me. But you know, that's neither here or there. But man, yeah, I I just I you know I just wanted to chop it up with you, man, because you know a lot of times um, I, I like to get you know perspective from all around, and I think that um, me giving myself some balance is 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 good because I don't normally talk about sports, and I don't normally you know get into that stuff because it's just I don't know. I just you know, I know, I know how I can get when it when you t- when you're talking to sports, and I know it can get a little, you know, Dave, uh, what, what, what's what's the dude, um, Stephen A. ish, at times, and I don't I don't really like that, but you know, this was a little different because we felt like, you know, Kyrie was standing on something, and now he kind of being railroaded for, you know, making his decision. I mean, at the end of the day, man, like you say, that man human, he made his decision, he don't want to do it. That should be that. I mean, you should figure out a way to get him in the building so he can play because he can help your team win. So I don't know. But I just thought it was, you know, worth, um, you know, talking about it and just 
kind of getting your ideas and your opinions and you you've actually got me hip to a lot of stuff because I'm, I'm definitely gonna look that book up now so i can kind of get into that book man because it's been a lot of stuff that's been out here in our face for some years now but like you say um <clears throat> the old saying is if you want to hide it from a black man put it in the book and i and i feel like that's crazy but that's 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 what it's been for so many years but now we got google we got all these other you know outlets we can get information from so i'm gonna start trying to do my best to be as hip as i can but the one thing i can say um about this platform is i remember somebody inboxed me and she was like i remember you posted something yesterday <clears throat> and it wasn't 100 percent true but then you came back and edited it and made sure everybody knew that the information that you had let out earlier was incorrect and that, that you was posting the correct information she said that's what i like about you i was like damn okay bet because i i ain't right all the time you know what I'm saying? If I hear something, I'm gonna try to correct myself so I don't so I ain't looking crazy. Cause I remember when I first started this, I had a good friend of mine say, only talk about stuff that you know about. If you don't know about it, do your research first. I was like, all right, bet. And so yeah, so I always try to, you know, do my research and you know, kind of talk about it from the perspective of me having some type of experience in it. And so, you know, when we talk about being a man, talking about being a father, talking about being married, talking about being black in America. Um, you know, street life, being locked up, I, I, I can give you all that. But when we start talking about cryptocurrency and investments and, you know, I, I know a little bit, but I ain't going to talk too much because I don't know it all. But I would definitely love to talk to somebody who can teach me more. And so that's kind of, you know, how I rock. So I don't really try to get into stuff that I don't know nothing about. I try to stay in my lane as much as I can. man. But, man, I just... I just wanted to say thank you, man. I appreciate you taking some time, man. I know, you know, you you busy man like me. And um I think that at some point <clears throat> I may try to work on something. Um, some ladies been asking me to work on like a panel um of men, single and married, and kind of talk about, you know, what keeps the relationship together. Um, me and my girl, we gonna um start doing some um relationship um episodes as well, because I think that it's a lot of healing that needs to be um, going on out here. A lot of healing, man. There's a lot of people who are um, broke. And when I say broke, that's not a bad thing because I remember when God broke me down, he picked me right back up, though. So it's not a bad thing to be broke. You know what I mean? Like it's, some people look at it in a bad way. But I think once I had, you know, the type of um, insight, like I, I would never miss K. Ron. She was with First Baptist Church, but she then she left. But Miss K. Ron. Um, you know, has been my spiritual mother since then, since my divorce. And she speaks life to me so much. It's like, she like, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it and don't change. I was like, huh? She was like, I know sometimes you're going to curse. I know sometimes you're going to say this, but that's who you are. You're not doing it to harm nobody. You're not doing it to disrespect nobody. That's just you. So keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, all right, bet. So I just try to you know, be myself, man, and, you know, get a a, 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 a mix of um, guests, you know, with different point of views on the show so that way people can listen and be like, oh, okay, I ain't know that. And so I think you kind of did that as well tonight. So I, I appreciate that. Oh, much love, brother. Much love. I appreciate you taking the time out, man, just to, you know, allow me to be on here and chop it up with you, man. Uh, like I said, I've been, I've, been, I've been paying attention, bro. You, you're doing some good things, man, and you know, one thing I would say about the panel, bro, you put the panel together, 
make sure everybody that's on your panel don't allow anybody to co-op their story and their journey. Okay. I learned that. I learned that, <clears throat> especially with dad, bro. Because with autism, a lot of people that don't know about autism and haven't experienced autism and haven't lived through it will all of a sudden try to pigeonhole everybody into one box. Mm. Uh, in one, in one box, and we'll also try to give you what they call uh, the highlight things that you should and shouldn't do, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Every child with autism is different. Okay. Every single one. They may have they may have 75, 85% of things that are related to autism that they're all the same, mm-hmm. but that other 25 to 35 to 40%, bro, it's a unique experience all to each individual child. And so, you know, when I, you know, talk to the parents that have kids with, you know, special needs and they ask me for advice, the first thing I always tell them is, number one, I'm not a licensed psychologist. I'm just a parent. I can only tell you what we've experienced and what we did in our journey. And so I say that to say that when you put your panel together, make sure that, because you're going to have people that's going to be out there that's going to, clap back in the comments saying, well, you know, that ain't no realistic thing in your marriage, this, that, and the other. Well, that's not your marriage. Right. That's that couple's marriage. Correct. That's correct. You know, what's what in that couple's marriage may not work in yours. Right. You know, because as, 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 as Skip always would say, you know, the marriage is two imperfect people put together in a perfect union. Right. And so, you bringing all that to the table. And so, anything you do, any panel you put together, the people that you put on your panel, send that message to them. This is your journey. You tell your experience. You right. Talk about what you know and what you've been through. And don't anybody try to poo-poo or say that ain't realistic. That ain't how marriage works. Well, that's how my marriage works. I've been married for 26 years. Or I've been right. married for 15 years. That's how right. my marriage works. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that makes again, sense. Salute to you. <clears throat> salute to you, my brother. And I appreciate the time, man. I'm going to work on putting a little bit of my stuff together. I'm probably going to get my family member, the only gentleman who's got a lot of wisdom. Okay. Uh, and jump on his joint too. Okay. Uh, while I'm still trying to figure mine out. And uh, much love to you and your girl, and your family brother. And be safe down there in Florida. For sure. And uh, always when I am my, I'm a project manager on a project at my job. And every week we have a project meeting. I always end it with, wear your mask. Social distance and wash your hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, man, yeah. So, you know, um, if you got, like I said, if you got any questions, you got anything you want to hit me with, man, let me know, man, because I'm here to help any kind of way I can, man. Because, like I said, you, 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 you right on point with a piece of equipment that you said that you, that you got. So, you got any questions, man? I got a guy here, an engineer. Then I got a young lady behind the scenes. She's an actual producer. So, she's been helping me. You know, do a lot of stuff. So, man, you got any questions, man, hit me up. Let me know. Much love, brother. All right. And I'm glad. And and, and see, that's love right there, man. Because some people will be like, they're trying to do what I'm trying to do. I ain't getting it done. And let me tell you this. And I'm going to just be frank with you. So, when I first started this, um, a friend, I I, I consider a friend, was like, why you want to do that? Everybody got one now. I said, you're right, but everybody not me. And that was it. I just left I just left it at that. I was like, Every, everybody do have a podcast, but everybody not me, though. So I'm going to do it the way I'm going to do it, and we're going to see what happens. 
It's just like with money, bro. There's plenty of it out there. Yeah. Plenty of it out there. Yeah. So we, you know, instead of being crabbed in a barrel, trying to get this particular pot, go another way and get the other pot because there's money even even though a burrow is not a crab's natural habitat but okay right. <laughs> 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 when i hear people say that i love to put that in there like oh let me get this punchline in let me get that in. Gotcha, gotcha, oh gotcha. my god but yeah man like i say man you got any questions um you got anything that come up you need you know, even if you get your, your your show set up and you and you and you need some guests, man, I'm one phone call away, man. Appreciate it, brother. All right. All right, brother. Man, Much love, man. Be safe, man. All right, you too. All right.